Hi everyone, it's Jeff Plum here from Ping Skills. Welcome to Ask the Coach Show, episode 14. Hope you're all having a good morning. I've got Alois with me as usual. Welcome Alois. Hi Jeff, how are you this morning? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, going well, going well. Um, just, uh, answering some excellent questions. Yeah, I was just up uh, watching a bit of Liverpool and Real Madrid. Oh, okay. Who's winning? Champions League. Uh, Real was up 2-0 when I saw it last. Okay. And, and who are you supporting? Uh, yeah, no uh, no preference there, but uh, Real certainly some uh, some good players there. Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, let's get into our first question. Andrew has asked us, do you know the specific hand signals for doubles? It might not be the same for everyone, but what have you used? Yeah, you're right. It isn't, um, and um, the doubles pair usually just develops their own set of hand signals. Um, so, Firstly, often, I guess, Alice, maybe some people don't even know what hand signals are for. Could you just explain what they're used for? Yep, good point. Um, yeah, so in doubles, um, the hand signals are used to. Uh, to just indicate to your partner what serve you're going to do, so that um, it just gives them a bit of a heads up as to what type of ball might come back. So um, if I'm serving, I might signal that I'm going to do um, a short serve or a long serve or a topspin serve or a backspin serve or, or side spin. So um, I mean, some common used ones are just the little finger means um, a short serve. And it could be short with backspin. Um, uh, some some teams use uh, two fingers for um, short or um, short with backspin. Um, I used to use that as topspin, short topspin, uh, short backspin, uh, no spin, um, long backspin, and I sometimes used to also use just direction of. Um, which type of spin you're going to use. So that's to spin it one way, that's to spin it the other way. Um, so yeah, it, it is, as you said, it is really a, just a matter of working something out with your partner as to what's going to work for you and what type of serves that you use. Um, uh, you need also need one for when you're just going to serve it long and fast to them. So um, yeah, just so that uh, your partner then knows that the response is going to be um, an open response rather than a, if you serve short, then they can stand a little bit closer to the table um, to expect either a short return or a, or a flick. Great, yes. Yeah, I used to use just a little pinky for a um, backspin serve, a short backspin, um, the thumb for a short topspin, and then just a finger for a long serve. So we kind of try to keep it pretty simple. We never really, oh yeah, that would be a no spin. And um, if you were just doing a uh, side spin one, you'd also just use that probably because generally if you're just doing a side spin with no backspin on it, they're going to flick it pretty much like they would with a top spin. So we tried to keep it simple. So Andrew, yeah, just have a chat with your partner, come up with a few simple ideas and, and start using them in a match and you'll soon get used to them. It's, um, yeah, so it's really helpful. So if anyone's not using that in their doubles, give it a try. And we yeah, actually yeah. have... We actually have some information on that in our doubles match strategy video, which I'll put a link to in the description of this video. Yeah. Um, we used to also use, 
some stage I used to also use um, signals for returning, and that's interesting. Don't don't see it used a lot, but I, I used to find it really useful. Um, so it was just the direction that you're going to return to. So um, I used to find just signaling that either long, okay, and you point to the direction that you're going to try and return to, or short and same thing, just signal the direction you're going to return to. That gives, again, your partner a bit of an idea of where they would need to move to. Okay, that's interesting. So did that ever get complicated? Like what happens if you um, signaled you were going to serve it short and an extreme example is they serve it long or if you yeah. said I'm going to put it short to their forehand but they had like a really spinny top spin one that would have been hard for you to keep short, did you always keep to the signal that you gave? No. So the the general rule that we used to use is if the, if the serve was long then the signal goes out the door. So... Um, in doubles, 90% of the time the serve's going to be short. I mean, if they serve it long, they're really asking for trouble anyway. So yeah. um, most of the time they're going to serve the ball short. So the signal only applied if the serve was short. If the serve came long um, or even, even you know, um, a topspin serve that was easy to attack, then the signal goes out the door. Okay, excellent. Well, so yeah, so there's something else you can try, uh, signaling where the direction of your return. Uh, maybe experiment with that and see if it works for you and your doubles partner. Okay, thanks. That's a great question, Andrew. All right, now we've got one from Roman. Roman says, in the office, and again, this is about doubles, we usually play doubles and many rallies end soon due to low quality strokes or just missing the ball, and this often happens because a player does not get into a good position in time. Any ideas about that, Alice? Yeah, um, so moving is one of the really critical parts of playing good doubles. Um, firstly, you need to think about trying to stay as close to your central position as you can uh, so that you can move into position quickly. So if after you play your shot, you wander 20 metres over that way, Obviously, the next ball is going to be difficult because you're not going to have time to get back. So that's the extreme example. So after you play a stroke, you need to try and move around and get as close as you can to your ready position without interfering with your partner playing. So I play my shot. I move out of the way but stay as close as I can to this spot here. And then I can move back in as quickly as possible after after my partner plays. Similarly, it's important that after you play your stroke that you move out of the way. So which way you move usually depends on the type of stroke you've played. So if you've moved to your forehand and you're moving that way, it's easiest to just to move around that way. Um, or if you're moving out to your backhand, then move around the other way. So it's firstly just making sure you're moving um, after you play your stroke and then staying as close as you can to your ready position so you can jump in quickly. Um, the other thing that is also really important is to make sure that you set yourself and play your stroke fully. So don't half play your stroke and, and be moving at the same time because then your stroke isn't going to be effective. So play your stroke, hold your balance and then move quickly out of position so your partner has time to get into their position for the next ball. Okay, good advice, Alice. And again, we do have um, some information on this in our double strategy video, the same one I mentioned before. So 
I'll definitely put the link in the description of this video and you can check out that as well. So hopefully that gives you some ideas, Roman. Thanks for the question. Now we have a question from Kustab. And Kustab says, what is the right finish position for the backhand side spin serve? Yeah, so uh, I'll just move back a little bit for this one, give myself a bit more space. So the backhand, the backhand side spin serve, basically you're coming across your body. And what, you, what you're trying to do is to utilize your wrist as much as possible um, by just relaxing your grip there so you can bring your wrist through. So the finish position needs to be up at about shoulder height but over onto the side of your, your body there. So rather than there, so just move it across so that then you're brushing across the ball to generate the side spin. Again, remembering to really utilize the movement of the wrist through as you're coming through. So that's critical. So from there, bang, straight across that way and finishing about shoulder height, you know, really trying to rip that wrist through as far, far and as fast as you can. So that's that's the basic with the um, with the backhand side spin serve. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, Gustav, get out and practice that. So that's for the side spin alloys. Now, if you want to add a little back spin or a little bit of top spin to that serve, are you going to change your finish position a lot? And no, the finish position won't change a lot. Just the angle of your racket's going to change a bit. So for the backspin, you're going to tilt your back back a bit and finish in the similar position. Um, for the top spin, you're going to maybe just flatten it out and hit the ball a fraction later and, again, try to finish in the same position. If you're finishing in different positions, then it's going to be much easier for your opponent to tell what type of serve it is. So we want to try and keep that start and finish as similar as possible and just change the angle on the contact. All right, excellent advice. I hope that helps, Gustav. Get out there and practice that backhand serve a lot. Um, yeah, service is one of the biggest parts of the game, so make sure you are uh, practicing that quite a bit. Okay, now we've got a discussion type question, Alois, from Ron. Ron says, um, can you please explain what they mean when they say he or she is a 1500 or a 2000 player? What does that mean? Yeah, so um, most of the time when we refer to that, or a lot of ping skills refer to it, it's the um, US rating system. So the rating system there um, gives you a number. Um, and the higher the number you are, the better player you are. So um, on the actual uh, question on our website, there's a really good link um, to, to the question um, uh, to the US um, website, and there it's got a nice distribution of um, the relative abilities of, of the rating. So if you're a you know, 1,200 to 1,500 is about what they call an average player. So that's that's the average rating, around 1,250, I think it is. Um, so if you're below, say, um, 1,000, you're probably more of a beginner, um, someone that's really just learning strokes and technique. Um, from from that up to, say, 1,700, you're uh, a medium-level, you know, club, getting up to state level player and then above that you start to become you know quite an advanced player so that's just the rating that um, the US have a lot of different countries have different types of ratings 
they're all based on the same type of thing. You know, the the higher the the higher the number, the better you are, and and they all award points in different ways. It can become quite complex, but um, that's the that's the basic principle of it. Okay, and so I imagine that in the US you would get a rating by playing in tournaments or competitions. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, again, I'm not sure of the actual detail of how. Um, or, or when you you get your first rating, but yes, the, um, by playing in tournaments, they can then see okay, you lost to a um, 1500 rated player, but you beat a 1300 rated player, so you're going to be somewhere um, between that. Okay. Um, yeah. The more the more tournaments you play and the more matches you play, the more accurate your rating can become. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's the, the base behind it. Yes. Now, there's a, it's an interesting discussion because I often worry that the ratings, people worry too much about their ratings rather than improving. And, and sometimes I've heard some articles mentioned about where maybe juniors don't want to play some certain tournaments because they're trying to protect their ratings and stuff. Do you have any thoughts on, on that, Alois? Yeah, I think each rating system um, is different, as we talked about. Um, and... You know, um, systems that discourage you playing events, I think, you know, need to be really looked at. So I think it's really important that a rating system encourages uh, participation, especially at the junior level. I mean, if you can lose points by competing, then I think that's going to discourage you. You know, if, if I know that uh, I'm going to play in a tournament and there's no one there that... Um, is better than me, so all I can do is basically lose points. Why would I play? And that needs to be discouraged. So I mean, at a junior level, we want to encourage players to play. I mean, not only at a junior level, at any level, we want to encourage players to play tournaments. So I think the rating system um, is really important there and how it's structured to encourage participation. Um, yeah, and. I've I read a really good article by Larry Hodges on ratings and juniors, so I might try and find that also and put a link in this description to that so people can have a read of that. But yeah, yeah. so that's, that's what they mean, Ron, when they talk about that rating. Um, so if you are in the US and you've got a rating, you can um, go and check you know, whether you're, where you are on this scale and figure out what sort of level player you are. So I guess it gives you a general idea of, of where you stand, which is good. But in general, yeah, I would... Try to encourage people not to focus on the ratings as a short-term thing, but really, you know, just concentrate on improving your table tennis and playing competitions and trying to win competitions because that's what it's all about. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So now let's move on to the ping skillers question, and today we want to know what bat do you use? So uh, leave a comment and let us know what bat you use. It'll be interesting to see all the different responses. So that wraps up episode 14. Thank you, Alois. Yep. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good day. And have Thank a good day, Pink Skillers. And, uh, yep, everyone, make sure you check out our website, www.pingskills.com. And thanks again for watching, and we will see you next time. Catch us. Bye. Bye.